0: We traveled Europe for 90 days and learned the hard way so that you wouldn't have to. Here are our tips and tricks for traveling Europe.
1: You are listening to Travel FOMO, a podcast for people self-diagnosed with wanderlust.
0: Thanks for listening to the Travel FOMO podcast. I am Jamin Houghton and here with my number one tip, Hillary.
1: Number one tip and best trick. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good to be here. I've really been looking forward to this season because this is all about the best of Europe. And yes. oh my goodness, I feel like we have wanted to stop and really talk comprehensively about Europe mm-hmm. for a really long time. And this is how we get to do it. So I'm super I'm super excited because I think this is actually going to be the most helpful season.
0: I think you're right. I think that people will find a lot that's helpful here, and it's also something that I feel like we're well-versed in because we talk about it all the time. I feel like all throughout our travels, we talked about kind of these things that we're going to cover in the season and since then, and a lot of this stuff also comes from a lot of the questions that we get when people find out that we traveled for 90 days. Um, So all of that stuff that you're wondering, it might get answered right here.
1: Yeah, that's right. And this episode is especially helpful from a practical sense because we are talking about literally how to get around. We're talking planes, trains and automobiles and ferries. (laughs) Yes,
0: (laughs) all of the modes of transportation, which is kind of crazy because we did take them all in one form or another yeah some more heavily than others but we we kind of touched them all traveled in all the ways possible which we kind of set out to do but also you kind of have to do uh, in some instances so let's uh let's dive in and talk about them and what better way to start than with trains
1: we love trains highly recommended by the way guys
0: (laughs) honestly if you are going to europe You will probably have to at some point take a train unless you're just flying into one place and flying out of there. And even then you might take a metro system. But if you're going around Europe at all, trains are by far the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, so much better than anything else. So easy. There's a ton of them. It's how everybody does everything. They're easy to figure out. It's so easy to just get on the train and go wherever you need to go. There's no big security thing that takes place and it's and they always seem to stay pretty well on time and get you where you need to go
1: yeah i think it makes americans nervous because you don't have control um, whereas in america mm. we really like to have control so we like to have a vehicle especially in southern u.s right we like to have a vehicle where we have complete control and we can um, be the one deciding when we leave and when we um arrive and all of that but honestly the trains are so much more effortless that i just i love that and one of the things that we would highly recommend for people is to look into a url pass know how it works and know how to use it it's actually that's easier said than done um (laughs) we like booked a url pass we booked one for 90 days and it was perfect for us yes everything we needed. Um, I've done it before with my sister where we booked a 30 day pass and that was incredible. Um, you, they do it, for all different kinds of links. So I think there's even seven day passes, 20 day passes. Um, so pick what's pick what works for you, but know that it is definitely worth um, your time. You can also, if you're only planning on going to three different places, you can pick one that allows you to travel on three different days over the course of one month, and it helps you keep it really affordable. But um, it is very, very helpful. The only trick is that you got to figure out how to use it, preferably before you start using it, and uh, that was the catch for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to find those kinds of instructions on the internet,
0: right? It it is a little difficult to navigate at first, but once you get used to it, yeah, um, it becomes super simple. And it yeah. did it did cost us not knowing how to navigate it at first, yeah, because we landed in Heathrow and we needed to go from Heathrow to Paddington Station on the Heathrow Express. And we weren't sure if it was covered or not. We thought it might be. We tried to figure out how to use it. We even asked some people around the trains like if they could help us figure out how to use it. And we ultimately got so frustrated that we just bought tickets.
1: Yeah, $50 tickets yeah, each.
0: and paid 50 bucks a piece. Yeah. And later figured out how to use it and figured out that, oh, it would have been really simple.
1: Right. Uh-huh. The And the challenge there was the app. And now there might be more resources out there now, but when we went last year in the summer of 2022, there were not resources or videos that tell you how to use the URL app. And that was the real struggle that we had because we had a digital pass that we needed to activate on the app, but you can't start activating it until the day you're ready to start using it. Um, so we couldn't really test things out in advance. Um, so that was a little bit tricky, but it's totally worth it. And just to clarify for people who don't know what a URL pass is, it is a pass that will allow you to travel through different countries by train, sometimes by ferry as well, um, but mostly by train. And you can go from country to country. Um, and usually you can get it to go to a different amount of countries. We got one that I think allowed us to go to like 30 different countries if mm-hmm. we wanted to. Um, so it really is an extensive um, travel tool, <laughs> I guess you could say.
0: <laughs> it is. And it it's so great, too, because you can go all throughout countries. And it really gives you the flexibility if a, unless a train is full, to get on any train. And so if you see, you know, if you see, oh, I'd like to leave a little bit earlier than I planned, you can do that very easily. If you miss a train, you're not out of luck and you don't have to buy another ticket. You can simply update your pass to get you on the next train. Yes. Which was, we we utilized several times, saved us a bunch of money, probably paid for itself in that way
1: alone. yes yeah yeah and i think we bought it on like black friday or something like that so we got yes. a huge discount on mm-hmm. it um which was definitely worth it um i want to say it might have been 900 dollars that we spent on that
0: i think it was yeah.
1: um and so it was definitely worth every penny for sure
0: yeah by far the thing that we used the most mm-hmm. over there was our URL pass yeah I would also say for trains, um, like have a plan, but be flexible, let the trains, you know, kind of get you around where, where you want to go and, and just look into the schedules the day before, because trains are, are good about posting their schedules and staying fairly close to the schedule, depending on what country you're in, but have a, have a plan and know like, okay, in the morning I'm traveling from here to here, but Also be flexible and know that there could be some delays. You might have to change trains and it might be like a really tight turnaround Mm -hmm. that could cause you to, you know, if if one train gets delayed too much, you might miss the next one. And so maybe don't have everything like ironclad reservations, but have a plan and just be a little flexible.
1: Yeah especially if you have the URL pass, you can mm-hmm. be flexible. Now, if you've already booked a train ticket, you can't be flexible. That's you got to get there on time and you got to catch that train. But um, again, that's why we loved the URL pass because we could be flexible. Um, you also really need to know the local holidays and how they impact train schedules. And the key word here is local. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because what's a holiday to you in America um, is not necessarily a holiday there and vice versa. So um, great. Example: We were in Lyon and we were trying to get around France, and we were thought we were doing a really good job of booking in advance, Um, but we weren't booking far enough in advance because there was Ascension Day, was an upcoming holiday um, in. That banks were going to be closed. Um, It's not that the trains were going to be shut down on that day. It's just a matter of everyone would be traveling and the trains were already booked because it was a holiday weekend. And that really kind of threw us for a loop um, and required some extra hands-on attention from a train attendant there in the Leon train station.
0: (laughs) He was so nice to help us. Oh, he was great. He looked into a million scenarios until he finally found one that worked for us. And it involved us going like from Lyon to Paris and then down to Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. But he he made it happen for us, which we were... (laughs) eternally grateful. Yeah.
1: Well, and the benefit of working through him is that he helped make sure that we got a pass that worked with our URL pass. So tickets that actually, um, were really affordable because we had a URL pass. Um, you could go and book first class tickets and all this other stuff, but we really wanted to use our pass as much as possible. And he helped make that happen. So that was really helpful.
0: Yeah. That saved us a lot because some some trains do require reservations and you really need to know the reservation process. I think that would be our next like big tip is like understand the reservations that you need for the trains. So even if you have the URL pass in some countries like France, Spain, Italy were some of the ones that where we encountered that you have to have a reservation. And in France uh, they had to be made in person at the train station and they were a little bit expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, in Spain, they were less expensive, but also had to be made at the train station in person. Yeah. Um, Italy on the other hand was really cheap and could be done online. So Italy made it, made it really easy. And it was just a, you know, a couple Euro here and there. Whereas France and Spain, you had to spend time going into the station, which is kind of a downer, but I would just recommend if you know what you want to do, in one station, you can book all of your trains for that country. Yeah. So if you kind of know your itinerary and you're like, okay, I, I need reservations for these trains. Try to knock them all out in one trip to a train station. That way you don't have to spend time in every city that you go to trying to yeah. make that happen. But again, if you're in France, you cannot get your reservations for your your Spanish trains and vice versa. You have to go physically into the station so just something to to kind of be aware of
1: yeah it's a little tricky it's a little tricky good to know and there might be other countries that we didn't um go to that you would experience similar things so again the advice there is really just understand the reservation process for the country that you are in and if reservations are even needed
0: yeah Yeah, because like in the UK, they weren't like we could book into any train and and go on. And in a lot of the countries that we were in, there wasn't a reservation needed at all. So you could you could literally from the app book whatever train you wanted and just hop on it.
1: Yeah. Some other really practical advice that we have is to uh, pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really mind-blowing advice right there. But we've got some fun examples on how we did not pay attention and we paid for it. Um, So when you're on a train, um, there are all different types of ways they might keep you posted on changes that are happening. Um, and a lot of times that's just verbal announcements. It may or may not be in your language. And if it is in your language, it may happen only once. Right. <laughs> so sometimes it's hard to catch the accents. Sometimes there have been instances where I've heard announcements and they were about halfway through before I realized they were speaking English because yeah. you know it, it in these instances these people are they're speaking a bunch of different languages and not all of them are their like primary language they're you know it's incredible how many languages people in Europe know mm-hmm. and um, so you're hearing someone speak English as a second language and they're doing a really good job but you might not have the ear uh, for their accent and quite understand that I will never forget in the Czech Republic when we were sitting on a train and we heard something and we were like, oh, wait, that they said something that that uh, what did they say? And and I think you caught that they were going to be detaching part of the train. Yeah. And so it was like, OK, all right. But when is that happening? What trains are it does what um, different cars are going to be impacted? And we looked around. We kept trying to figure out, like, what is that information? When is this happening? When is this happening? And we could not figure out. What that what what was happening next, and uh and then we we saw half of the train roll the other direction, and we knew we'd missed our opportunity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think I'll ever forget looking out that window at that train station and seeing the reflection of the train in the windows in the like mm. in the glass of the station, and seeing half of the train go off in one direction, and then our half takes off in the other direction and having this sinking feeling of like, I think we're on the wrong half. Of the train. <gasps> because we started going
1: backwards. Right. It was like, we just rolled into this train station and now we're rolling back out back the way we came. Right.
0: Uh, no, we were like, because it detached and the part that we needed to be on kept heading east and we headed north.
1: Okay. All right. I thought we were. I thought um, they were backing us up. But um, yeah. But basically, we weren't going the direction we were originally. No, we weren't. Uh-uh.
0: But yeah. another instance where the Eurail saved us because we were able to pull open the app and see like, okay, how do we get to Prague from where we're like the where we're headed now? And we saw like, okay, our best option is to stay on this train for two more stops and then get off and change trains and book another train to go where we needed to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And had we not had the Euro Pass, that would have cost, we would have been buying whole new train tickets.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: But the uh, the URL Pass saved us then, despite us not paying attention.
1: Right. And, you know, another key point that you mentioned there was that we started doing our research and instead of retracing our steps we found the, the best new path forward and it can be really tempting in moments like that to be like, Oh no, I got to get back to wherever I was. Right. But that might not be the, the fastest way for you to get to your actual destination you're headed to. So if you've made an error, just stop, revisit your whole plan and <laughs> go from there because you don't necessarily need to retrace your steps um, to get there uh, as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that whole thing kind of plays into our next tip of know the local protocols. Um, all, the, all of the countries are a little bit different in the way that they do their trains. And, you know, like, like that instance, we're on this check train where I think there's a little paper sign posted somewhere on the train where we saw when we were getting off, like, oh, that would have told us which part of the train to be on. But we didn't know to look for it. We didn't know where it was. The like counter to that is like Swiss trains have big displays in every car, big electronic displays in every car telling you where the train is heading and listing all of the stops and what times you're going to be there. And so it's really easy to follow. So just know that they're all a little bit different. Um, Swiss trains, like we had to show our passports Mm -hmm. to verify that we were the actual ticket holders.
1: That was the only country that we yeah. had to show our passports on the train, on the but trains, they, they right. would stand there and wait for you to find it somewhere in your suitcase. <laughs> right. Like they were serious about it.
0: Yeah. I remember the first time they came around, I was like, well, it's buried in my suitcase that's buried in like the luggage compartment of the, of the car. So I had to like go like dig it out. And from then on, I was like, okay, on the trains, I'm keeping my passport with me. Yeah. Um other other little intricacies, um, if you are using the URL pass, some countries uh they want to scan the pass and they wanna scan it on the trains, some they want to scan it in the stations. Um in England and throughout the UK, we would just show our pass to an attendant because it it wouldn't scan like a regular ticket. And we would just get through. And so That's just right. know That every country is going to be a little bit different in the way their trains operate and how it all works, but it's really easy to figure out and everyone that we ever dealt with was very nice and accommodating to help you figure out, okay, now you're in a new country, now it's different.
1: Yeah, and they all knew what a URL pass was. Yes. So we didn't come across anybody who was like, what? That's not a thing. No. Yeah. (laughs) So that was always reassuring. What would you say are the best train rides
0: Hmm. that we experienced? Um, I mean, I think one of like one of the big train moments, the whole ride wasn't amazing, but arriving in Luxembourg
1: Mm -hmm. was
0: incredible. But I remember being really tired and thinking I don't, I don't know if I want to walk around and do anything. I kind of want to just sit in the room and, and get some rest. I'm just exhausted. And I remember we were sitting on the train, and we come around this corner, and you can see the city. And the city is built really on either side of a valley that's now a huge park with a river at the bottom. And there's all these old buildings and stuff. And I remember seeing the city as we rounded this corner And looking over at you and just saying, look at that, and looking out and instantly being full of energy. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get off the train and go explore the city. Yeah. I mean, it just instantly changed. And trains typically bring you into the city center, which I think is incredible because you're right there, right where you want to be. And I remember that train into Luxembourg. The, those last ten minutes on the train, just completely changing my day and saying, "Like, man, I I want to get out there."
1: Yeah, Luxembourg was a really dramatic city with its topography and yeah. everything. It was really, really beautiful. I remember to arriving to Hallstatt, and Hallstatt mm-hmm. was one of those unique ones because there was um there was train construction this happened in czech republic and in um and in austria Hallstatt, yeah. austria and as we were arriving or we're on the train and we're thinking everything's great and we're like on our laptops and everything and then all of a sudden the train stops at you know a different stop and we don't think much about it because this is not our stop so right. we don't worry about it everyone gets off the train Everyone gets off of the train and lo and behold there had been some announcements in um, german or some other language and we did not understand those and somebody ends up coming onto the train and they say you need to get off the train like you have to get off the train and get on the bus and we're like no no this is (laughs) this is not our train stop and they're like yes we all have to there's construction on the train tracks We have to all get off of the train and get on a bus. And I'm just thinking, a bus? I paid for a train ticket, not a bus (laughs) ticket. Oh, and then you and I were the very last people to get on the bus. Right. And we've got our luggage sitting on our lap and we're packed in with people we don't know and we ended up having the best bus ride ever but the yeah. train ride as well once we got back on a train in a different location and believe it or not we never it never missed a beat. We still arrived on time. Yeah. And we arrived in Hallstatt, Austria and it was incredible. They dropped us off at like this tiny little shack of a building that was called a train station <laughs> and <laughs> i just looked up at the the beautiful scenery all around us the lake was right there mm-hmm. hallstatt lake it was incredible and for those of you who don't know hallstatt is the tiny little village in austria that is kind of the inspiration for frozen Yes, And it's so beautiful actually that there's a place in China where they've rebuilt the whole village of Halstead because it's so incredible (laughs) just to have a replica of it. So um, that's kind of really, really pretty special, but you can imagine as we came in, it was just priceless.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a really great one too. Just so picturesque. And I, I think of too our train ride into Zermatt, Switzerland. Yes. And we'd been in Innsbruck and had seen the Lauterbrunnen Valley and a lot of really cool stuff in Switzerland. And then taking the train into Zermatt through the Alps. And I just feel like everywhere you looked was just breathtaking and yeah. amazing. And, you know, as, as fun and as cool as trains are, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's traveling. You're like, okay, I'm ready to get off the train now. I'm ready to be at my destination. But that train in Zermatt, I could have ridden that train for another eight hours. Like, it was just so pretty and beautiful and just the Alps everywhere, the little villages that you would go through.
1: I think there were some waterfalls, even. Yeah.
0: That we, yeah, yeah. You're right. Rivers and waterfalls and all that stuff. That you're just looking around at this beautiful green grass and these snow capped mountains everywhere. That that was a train ride that would have been worth it to ride ride the train there, just stay on the train and go back. (laughs) Uh, Let alone like getting to to stay up there. But that that was a really cool train ride as well.
1: Yeah, but they weren't always that. Awesome. (laughs) We had some worst train rides. (laughs) What
0: what would you say were the worst train rides?
1: Well, I think hands down, our Sorrento, our train ride to Sorrento on the Amalfi Coast was pretty crazy. Um, I believe there had been a train strike and we arrived right as it was ending. But there were tons of people that were waiting to get on these trains. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was crazy how many people were trying to get on the trains. Yeah. And um, we were coming from Pompeii. Yes. To Sorrento. And oh my goodness. It was bad. We were standing there. It was like standing room only. And I mean standing room only in every crevice of this train. <laughs> there was no air conditioning. The windows no. were rolled down. There was a guy hurled up on the floor. Like it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was intense.
0: Yeah, I remember I remember standing there and seeing a guy And he was he was literally like three people away from me, but also close enough that I could have touched him and I don't know if he was hung over or what but he was on the struggle bus. Yeah, and I was like Don't you do it? Don't you throw up on this train? <laughs>
1: Do, do not, not
0: let that happen. No, do if you not let that happen right now. Everyone's day is going to be much, much worse. Oh my gosh. Don't let it happen, bro.
1: He didn't, though.
0: No, no, he uh, he held on, but that, he yeah, didn't. that that train was really rough. Yeah,
1: it was also very um, there's graffiti all over it. It was the most colorful train probably we'd ever <laughs> ridden on, but yeah, it had so much graffiti and it just felt really, really rough. Yes. And I was like, what are we doing? This is supposed to be like, we're supposed to be arriving to like one of the most epic places in Italy. Right. This is, does not feel right. But then we got there and it was totally, it was totally worth it. Just so you know, it's totally <laughs> worth it.
0: It was. And like, I remember it wasn't a bad train. It was just a boring experience. But San Sebastian to Valencia. <laughs> Was just across, like across most of Spain Mm -hmm. and just like utter nothingness.
1: It was just, yeah, it was like desert. Yeah. Like it's like far west Texas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You you just look out the window and then you like read your book or you listen to your podcast or you mess around on your phone and 45 minutes later you look out the window again and you see exactly the same thing. Yeah, It's like you hadn't moved or on a train treadmill. And it was like six hours of mm-hmm. just desert.
1: Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> long. It was long. And then the Czech Republic trains were, they were pretty rough. Yes. They were just, you know, outdated, older trains. Mm. I remember one when we were arriving to Chesky Krumlov, which is totally worth it. But we did happen to ride on the smallest train ever. It was two tiny little cars and we were one of the few people on those cars it Mm. it wasn't like they were packed there was just a handful of us on these cars and we got off at this tiny little again another tiny little shack of a train station and we were like okay the town's over there let's walk towards town like this is crazy (laughs) but um but overall still a really good experience because it's It's a cultural experience, you know, you're like, this is how people live. This is the, this is their reality. And at the end of the day, it gets you where you need to go. So it's not actually that bad.
0: Yeah. And you're right. It is the thing that everybody does. So it is like very much a piece of the culture that I feel like if you don't do it, you miss out on something. Yeah. We've covered trains. So let's talk about Automobiles, So we'll throw like cars, buses, taxis, all into one little automobile bucket Yeah. for this one. And we have some good tips and tricks here too. Um, automobiles are, if you're in America, and it's probably what you're more used to, how, how you're used to getting around. And there's plenty of them to be had in Europe. So if you find yourself in the situation where you can't take a train and you have to take a car or a bus or a taxi, uh, what should people do?
1: I would recommend that if you're going to rent a car, mm. just think about it. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> think about it. Because we tried to, now this is going back before gap year, but it is good overall advice. Right. We rented a car. You can go back to our first season actually and hear about how we rented a car in England. And um, we really needed a a, a automatic vehicle. And they gave us a standard, and I was the one willing to drive, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I don't want to have to deal with driving on the other side of the road, being on the other side of the car of the vehicle, and then also driving a standard using my left hand." Like I was just like, "No, yeah, I'm, (laughs) I'm not doing that." And we'd been very specific to ask for an automatic vehicle, and um, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't have one." we like, well, that's what you rented to us online. Yeah. So we had to wait it out for a couple of hours until they yeah. could get one.
0: Yeah, we had to sit around and wait for a long time to get that. And I do remember thinking like, because you know how to drive stick. And I remember thinking like, well, maybe, maybe she could. And then I was like, but I don't even know which is the clutch.
1: Oh, right.
0: Yeah. You know, like are the feet backwards too? Because like the sh- the shifter and all of that's backwards and you're on the on the other side of the road.
1: That's a good question. And
0: are the feet backward? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I was right. Like, no, it's just way too many variables.
1: Yeah, like, it was a lot.
0: But once they got us the automatic transmission vehicle, you drove and you did a, a really good job.
1: Yeah, it was, was no Was it
0: baby. intimidating?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, but once you got the hang of it, it was like, okay, yeah, no, I could get this. Like, and I only did it for a couple of days, so right. it would definitely be, not be a problem if you were around even longer. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was, and, and the thing is there are some places you just need to, you really do need a vehicle to get to. And right. that was an instance where we're going out to, um, you know, the Houghton, Houghton family castle. And so (laughs) (laughs) we just, the only way to get there was by car. But, um, I will say one of the tips that I have too is, um, just don't ride the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Personal preference. (laughs) How American is that? Yeah.
0: You are, you're very anti bus. I remember when we were scripting this, I, I asked you, I was like, tell me about some of the bad bus rides though. And I don't think he really came up with very many.
1: Well, because I was pretty adamant that we didn't need to ride the bus most of the time. I was (laughs) like, okay, so here's, here's my theory on that, though. The trains and the metro systems are so effective. That is true. You really don't need to get on a bus that often. Right. Um, so that's just something to think about. And, and honestly, I would recommend that walk the city if you can like mm-hmm. walk the city that you're in, because that is, um, a pretty cool experience.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with both of those for sure. Um, I would say if you are in the position where you do have to ride the bus, uh, do your research, uh, bus routes are very hard to figure out everywhere you go for whatever reason. I feel like it it just becomes so hard to tell because so many stops utilize buses that are going in so many different directions. It's really easy to get turned around and mixed up. And so really just do your research. Pull down the bus numbers that you need and keep them in your phone. Know where you're going to have to pay. Like, Do you have to buy a ticket? beforehand to get on the bus or do you pay the driver when you get on or how, like, how does it all work? Do some research. You'll save yourself a lot of headache. Don't think that you're just going to pop down in a place that you've never been. And easily hop on a bus. Like you're going to have to spend some time looking into it.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Um, Use your phone as much as possible too, because a lot of places like their public transportation, they've got apps, they've got all kinds of tools Mm. for you. Um, But also just use your phone whenever you have the opportunity. And I mean, if you're standing at a bus stop and they've got the map there, take a picture of it. So you'll have it for later. Like there are things like that that you can do. that will just make your life a lot easier.
0: I would also say if you are riding in a taxi, um, if you find yourself in that situation where you need to take a taxi somewhere, um, kind of talk to the talk to the driver and get the scoop. Find out what's going on. Get the deets. We did this in Mykonos and we actually learned a lot like we learned about uh, churches and we learned about like the off season and things like that.
1: Price gouging, which yeah. was really important.
0: Yeah, yeah, we found out a lot of information about Mykonos and stuff just from our taxi driver. He was just a super cool guy, and and he was really quiet at first. But we just asked him a couple questions, and I think he figured out like, oh, we're like we really are interested in talking. Mm-hmm. And the whole way to the airport, he just gave us all of the inside information. So. If you're if you're looking for that, uh, talk to the taxi driver. Yeah, um, we did have a couple of crazy taxi experiences. Um, one in Athens, we got into the airport so late, they were like, "Well, I think taking the metro system would be difficult," and we really just don't have time to figure it out or,
1: and it's our first time in Greece and we didn't know if the language would be really tricky too. Right.
0: Yeah. We, we didn't know what to expect at all. And so we're like, we're going to make it easy on ourselves. We're going to take a taxi from the airport to the Airbnb. Um, another thing, airports typically fly you into a city way on the perimeter of the city. So you have a long ways to go different than a a train station that kind of takes you to the middle. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot more to navigate if you're coming into an airport and so we were like, let's just take a taxi to our Airbnb. And so we hop in the in the car. The guy was nice, and um, we didn't get a lot of advice from him, but we got the fastest taxi <laughs> ride on Truly. the face of the earth. We were flying. And I've been in some taxis in like in Vegas and other places where the taxi drivers really get after it and see how quickly they can get you from one place to the other. This guy was going crazy.
1: He was going so fast. But, you know, do you remember at the end of our taxi ride, he was also really nice. And he like went to drop us off and it was really late. And we were in really the inner, inner city, like Mm -hmm. old, old Athens. And he saw all the graffiti on everything single space of every single building and he was like um are you sure this is where you're supposed to go <laughs> and we were like yeah it's our airbnb and he said well i'm gonna make sure you get in okay or something like that but he was waiting yeah. to make sure that we actually made it inside the building
0: yeah which i did appreciate because a lot of the buildings looked very similar to each other true and we weren't 100 percent sure which building it was we needed to go into yeah but he uh he was really nice and stuck around until we were inside the, the front doors before he before he took off.
1: Yeah. What would you say is one of our best rides that we had? And this would be like an automobile ride.
0: Automobile ride. Um, well, I know we did. We took a bus to Amalfi. From, yeah. So from Sorrento to Amalfi. And uh, we ended up taking a ferry back. So we kind of want we wanted to see it both ways. And so we did it intentionally. And that bus was really cool. Yeah. Because it takes you essentially from Sorrento, you cut down to the Southern coast and we went past Positano.
1: Oh, Positano was so cool. Yeah.
0: It's, it's just such a dramatic road. Um, and such a cool way to see it all. And then we, you know, you go past a, a few other villages, and we wound up in Amalfi, and you're just looking at these Italian cliffside villages, and then out over the ocean from this, from this road that's high up on the top of these mountains, right on the edge of everything. And it was just such a such a cool, cool, cool bus ride.
1: Yeah. It was really cool. And we also had a great bus ride getting to Hallstatt that I'd Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier when we were forced onto the bus (laughs) accidentally, didn't (laughs) know it was going to happen, but it ended up being incredible. And we're on this bus and it goes in and out of mountains. And as you're coming out of the mountain, you would see the lakes that are right beside the road and so it's it's there was a bunch of different lakes that we drove past but you would just go in and out of these mountains and then you'd see the lakes and on the lakes there would be all these people on sailboats and um what do you call it whenever you do like the wind sailing like as an individual on a little board
0: uh, it's like
1: sail surfing. Like,
0: yeah, oh, I don't like know something like that.
1: <laughs> somebody like somebody email me and tell me somebody what this
0: cool is. cool. Tell us what it is.
1: <laughs> but there were so many um, amazing things happening on the water. People were so active on this gorgeous lake with like all of these really steep mountains all around it. It was just incredible, and we kept going in and out of these mountains. And I wanted to be like, stop the bus, let me off. This is incredible. <laughs> It was great. But I mean, we had another awesome bus ride in the Cotswolds.
0: Yeah. Like that was, that was a great experience. Um, we we had taken a bus from Stratford upon Avon to Stowe on the Wold. And then we went on a walk and we did like eight miles and went to Upper and Lower Slaughter and to Burton on the Water. And then from Burton on the Water, we took a bus all the way back and I remember it had been such an amazing day, such a great experience and we had stopped in Borden on the water and had a pint and we were ready to go home. And so we were a little bit tired from the walk, but still just in the magical English countryside and just got to ride this peaceful bus back through the Cotswolds. At one point we were the only people on the bus And just riding through the English countryside, looking over these rolling hills of just green grass with sheep pastures and going through these little villages with these blonde rock houses and fences and and things. And I remember that being a point where I was like, I really want to capture this feeling and hang on to it in my memory because it had just been such an amazing day and was such a cool way to wrap it up yeah this bus ride through the Cotswolds
1: well and if you think about it buses can take you places that trains can't and some of the most beautiful places are places that trains aren't actually physically as easy to um to drive through and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I know I said I don't like bus rides, but I have one more I wanna mention. <laughs> We actually had a lot now that I think about it. Um, In London, we did Bridget's Bakeries London afternoon tea bus ride. And so you get on one of those red double-decker buses and we went up the little winding staircase to the second floor and we were up there where we had a great view of London and they drove us all over London and told us about the different places and then they served us tea and crumpets or whatever. It was awesome. I loved it they played tons of music um and it comes across as a very uh, girly thing to do but um J-Mo was a really good sport and did it with me anyway and it was pretty cool like it didn't necessarily have to be a woman's thing but right. um but i guess maybe the tea time thing is maybe more for the ladies but not really in london
0: no no and i mean that like that bus was done up in a very sort of girly fashion, but, feminine, yeah. um, but it was a lot of fun. It was actually was a lot of fun. Um, they served you tea and all like all of the little tea snacks, whatever they are. I don't know the, the real name for them, but, um, all of them were great. Like it was really good food and just a fun, a fun way to see London, especially if you've been walking around all day and you want to rest your feet, and you want to have a unique experience mm-hmm. because it was, the double-decker bus, bus and a vintage bus from, mm-hmm. like, the 60s. Mm-hmm. And so that classic London thing with a little twist on it was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. And another cool bus ride.
1: Another cool bus ride. Okay. Worst automobile rides, though, actually wasn't a bus.
0: That's true. So our advice that we gave you earlier about talking to the taxi driver um, really kind of bit us in the butt when we went to Dublin. <laughs> because <laughs> we we I remember being so disappointed we show up we flew from Edinburgh to Dublin and so we're getting off a of plane so again we're at an airport way on the exterior of the city and not in the city center and needing to figure out how to get to the city center and we tried to figure out like the bus schedule and like what bus we would need to take and it was so confusing that we're like you know what Let's just take a taxi and get down there. It's getting later in the evening. We want to be able to have dinner, check in our room. So let, we're just going to take a taxi. And I remember standing in the taxi line, which is a kind of a long line, but it moved pretty quick. They're getting people in and off. And the people immediately before us, the taxi pulls up. This old Irishman jumps out and he's on top of the morning you and... Like, oh, I'll bring your bags over here and I'll put them in. And, like, they're, they're just this, like, this amazing little Irishman who's so happy to, like, be picking people up at the airport, loads them up in their taxi and whisks them off. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Our taxi driver shows up. Uh, he's not originally from Ireland. He lived there for, like, 20 years, but not originally from there. We we tell him where we need to go. He lets out a heavy sigh
1: he was super annoyed yeah like like, come on and
0: yeah i was like you can you can circle the airport again and we can get in the next cab if you want but uh was really put out that he had to drive us someplace i don't know what he was expecting but we ask him so what should we do here like what should we do here and he goes leave
1: you guys we're not even kidding he was like leave (laughs) We were like, uh, and he, all, he just kept talking about all he, all he wanted to do was get out of there. He just hated it. He hated it. And then by the time it was, before we even got there, we were like, felt really like we didn't like the city that much. Like he had already invested such a, told us so many bad things. We were like, oh gosh, now we're in Dublin. (laughs) Yeah
0: yeah that was that was definitely the worst automobile experience yeah
1: for sure okay so ferries is a whole nother section in itself yes a whole nother experience and for us it kind of came later we -hmm. really didn't take any ferries until we were in southern europe um we were in italy i think when we first our uh took our first one austria um well yeah you could say austria um we took a Tiny little boat that one man, you know, a uh, little open little canoe almost. no, it was a really nice boat, but it was um, kind of like a little uh, vintage motorboat, I guess you could say, that yeah. took us across uh, Hallstatt Lake. Um, so that's the, actually, that is a great point because ferry systems, a lot of times people don't necessarily realize that they vary greatly in size. Even I kind of did my default, you know, just now thinking of ferries as being something really big, but in reality, they could also be something relatively small, um, Mm -hmm. for small lakes and in small boats.
0: Uh, We do recommend again, doing your research. And one of the things that that you can use that we found to be very helpful was ferry hopper, Uh, especially in the Greek islands. We utilized it um, for our excursions there. It really kind of puts a lot of the ferry options into one place so that you can see schedules and, and boats and where they go and when to expect them. And you can also track boats as they come. So you can see, okay, I'm waiting for this ferry. I know where it is and, or I know roughly where it is. And so I can plan a little better and and try to reduce the ferry impact on me.
1: And it's really good for some of those really large ferry systems. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I mentioned that ferries vary in size. So you could have this tiny little motorboat or you could have something as huge as like a cruise ship like massive massive and that's what we experienced at the port of athens the port itself was like big enough to take in cruise ships and massive massive ferries yeah and so um ferry hopper is especially helpful with some of those bigger systems where you know it's it's really large entities that you know are are booking your tickets
0: yeah Uh, One thing uh, that we would recommend that you do when it comes to ferries is understand the weather that is going on in your area and how that could impact your ferry. Uh, It could result in delays or it could result in full on uh, cancellations. Yeah. So when we were in Cinque Terre, we wanted to hike the five cities and we did. Um, So we, we hiked them all through and our intention was at the last city we were going to hop on a ferry and ferry back and kind of see them all from the ocean as well. But it was a really windy day. And when we arrived in the last city and went down to where the ferry dock is, we realized that all the ferries that day had been canceled because the water, the water was too rough for them to approach all of the docks. And so they were only making certain stops that day. And so we ended up having to take the train use our Euro pass to get us back rather than than the ferry
1: fortunately we didn't have to hike back through the five cities again <laughs> we, we
0: would not have hiked back i, I would don't have know
1: stayed. <laughs> i don't know what would have happened that was uh that was intense how many yeah. miles did we hike 11
0: um, I, I think that's right yeah it
1: was it was a lot more than we thought i think we thought it was going to be eight to ten and i right. think it ended up being more like 11
0: yeah yeah i think it was like 11 or 12 and up 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 up, and then down 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 down. Oh my goodness! So a lot of elevation gain in that little adventure. You can go back yeah. and watch that video, and we document the hike, and we give all those exact numbers. But yeah, that that was uh, that was something that we were lucky to be able to get the train because we had planned on ferry, and so had to switch up because the weather Yeah threw us a curveball.
1: Well, and the weather is another good reason for you to be flexible with your schedule because um, with ferries specifically, the schedule changes more and more throughout the day. So with trains, it feels like maybe they're able to stay on time a little bit more. Um, But what we really noticed with ferries is that, and and people actually verbalize this to us, is that just be prepared because they're just going to get more and more off the schedule as the day progresses. Yes. So that was something that um, I think I was just like a little surprised by. Like, why can't you just keep them on time like you would with a train? But I guess it has to do with the weather and the wind and um, all of that. You don't exactly know how the sea is going to treat you. And so you can't really control that.
0: I know I, fe- I, I was really frustrated by all the, the delays because I feel like. I feel like it's it's like a big flaw in the system that could at least be attempted to be corrected. I feel like they plan the routes out with like the fastest possible trip in mind. And then when weather or wind or, or delays impact it, it just throws everything off and it happens every single day. And so I was always like, if it happens every day then you're not doing it right.
1: <laughs> Jamin <laughs> like, has some efficiency advice for them.
0: <laughs> like there, there has to be a way for you to better estimate how this is going to work out. But then again, I don't, I'm not a, a ferry driver, so.
1: <laughs> it's called a captain, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another piece of advice, if you're riding a ferry, understand that there are seats with a view and get one of those seats (laughs) because it is so nice it changes your your ride so much if you've got a view not just as you're leaving your island or your port but then also as you're arriving to your destination it's really fun and builds the anticipation as you get as you approach for us it was mostly approaching greek islands Um, and so it's always fun to like approach the next island and you could see it coming and and sometimes people even go out up on the decks to get a really good view and um and it's just something to think about to to get a seat with a view if you can
0: yeah yeah Uh, another tip for all of the ferry riders out there um, most everything is going to happen at the port so schedules are likely going to be printed out and manually posted um any updates might be posted manually Um, If you need to change your tickets or uh, do some kind of transfer, they're way easier to do in person Mm -hmm. with someone at the port. So if you're needing to figure stuff out for your ferries, physically go to the port and you'll have a much better time. And be much happier with your experience than anything that you can try to look up or, or all of that stuff is just going to sort of frustrate you. So go to the port and yes. figure your stuff out there.
1: And it's incredible what they can make happen. Um, they can mm-hmm. really work with you really quickly. Um, I know when we were trying to get from Paros to Santorini, we had a lot of problems there. Yeah. And it ended up, I was... And, i kid I kid you not, guys. Like they were canceling ferries and they just canceled our ferry. Um, they they changed well, they changed things around where it was like we were gonna arrive to Santorini at like ten a.m. and then leave at five PM because we just thought we'd go for the day. And um they moved up our return. Our return ferry <laughs> ride was going to leave before we even arrived at the island. Right. And it was like we we clearly can't leave the island before we get there. Um, so things like that were happening and then I'm making phone calls and the the hotlines were closed. Mm-hmm. They weren't accepting phone calls and it happened at night, the night before, and I'm just thinking, how am I supposed to fix this? It, but the very next morning, I got up as soon as the offices were open, I headed down to the port and somebody got on and saved me a hundred bucks by moving things around and for a very small fee of like, two dollars per ticket or something like that. I was able to change everything around and it was no big deal and we had, were all set, but I could not do that on the phone. Right. I had to go down to port. and um, anyway, just good to know they also were up open really late at night and that surprised me. but also Greece is just late night people. So, um, but they were, they were open. And I remember us walking by eating gelato and it was after dinner and like the port offices were still open to help people (laughs) with their tickets. I thought that was, you know, helpful.
0: Yes. Yeah. They like, they're very accommodating in that way. Um, You just have to be physically present at the port. Uh, Also uh, just another note, URL, does give you access to some ferries, but it is very, very difficult to use. In fact, so much so that we weren't able to use it really for yeah, any of our ferries. Not so, once <laughs> I would not recommend it for that, uh, excellent for trains, cannot be better for trains, yeah, but not so great for ferries. So, yeah, just know that.
1: Okay, best ferry ride, go.
0: Uh, for me, Lake Como. So, we ferried from uh. The city of Como to the city of Bellagio on Lake Como, and we took advantage of one of your earlier tips and got a seat with a view. We went up on top of the boat, and if you go back and watch that video, there's amazing footage that we have from the ferry. It was incredible, and it was it took like two and a half three hours to get there, and you're just going. Past villa after villa after villa after villa on Lake Como and just incredible views everywhere. Such an amazing ferry ride.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Hallstatt was a really good one too. It was yes. like really, it was that really tiny boat um, mm. that I think that guy had built himself yes <laughs> which was kind of crazy Yeah, it was very very cool um and you can go back to our Hallstatt video and you can see this boat ride that we took with him but we ended up talking with him and it was really cool like he knew like seven languages and he <laughs> um lived out in the mountains of Austria and it, it was just fascinating talking to him and um and it was just the two of us And Mm -hmm. this man, and he was like, you know what, I can go and take you over. And I, you know, he would usually want more people on the boat than he had, but he was going to take us himself. And, and then on the way over there, we had such a good conversation. He was so kind by the time I was ever with, he was like, you know, I'll just charge you the kid's price. It's no big deal. (laughs) But the views were incredible. Oh my goodness. To be in this on this beautiful beautiful lake with all of these steep mountains all around you these the the alps all around you literally on every side it was it was pretty pretty perfect and then we had a lot of other major ferry rides from like around the greek islands and stuff like that but those yeah. those were definitely some of the best ones right there
0: yeah that that was such a cool such a cool experience yeah yeah what would you say the worst of the fairies for you.
1: Well, for me, it was your best one was my worst one. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, actually, it was on the way back. It was on Lake Como. And it was whenever we were making our way back from Bellagio. And that one, I was I was sick. I wasn't, I was, I'd been getting sicker and sicker and, um, we had had some real ferry issues trying to get on the right boats. And this was an instance where they didn't have, um, very good signage. There were so many people crammed into the port that you couldn't actually, um, see any little signage that they did have. So there were no lines. It was all just hordes of people that you couldn't move through, to get information or get to the front desk or see any signage and so you're kind of just waiting and then you can't see what boat is approaching because it's too far away and by the time it arrives you're like okay well this is the wrong boat And now there's all these people in this line and they don't know which boat they've been waiting on they (laughs) thought it was their boat and in fact it's the boat that is um you know like Three hours. <laughs> they're thirty minutes late. And so they're like, that's not I thought that was my boat, but in fact it's the boat that should have been here 30 minutes ago. But
0: Yeah. 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 The return trip there was a was a disaster. Well then I remember I, I don't know if it was technically a ferry, but it was like a bunch of people on a boat. But the water bus in Venice. <sighs> Was so packed the and so hot. Yeah, and like we're holding our bags, and I just remember being like, "I I need off of this. <laughs> I need off of this boat."
1: <laughs> yeah, what is the fancy way of getting around? Would it be a water taxi?
0: Water taxi there. Yes, yeah. they're really elegant, nice boats that you picture like Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie like hopping off of yeah there, and then then there's the the water bus that we took. Right.
1: Yeah. If you heard our friend Nicole share her story from Venice, she she did the really cool water taxi yep. and went the posh route. Um, We did the water bus. <laughs> yeah, so there are options. Yeah,
0: the water taxi would definitely be the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> be what I would recommend. That is essentially our trains, automobiles, ferries. We won't really touch on planes because I think those are pretty self-explanatory there's not a lot of tips that we can bring you there but we do also want to talk about though before we leave you the do's and don'ts of international travel so this is not a comprehensive list but some of the things that we thought would be useful for you to know um, to do and to not do while you're traveling abroad
1: yeah number one do your research yes it just matters so much
0: Mm mm-hmm You'll have so much better experience if you, if you just do a little research, then do pack light. Yes. You're going to want to bring all of the things and all of the shoes and all of the outfits. Don't do it. Just pack light. You will thank me over and over and over again. And you'll thank yourself because you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to say, you've packed too much. You need to pack lighter. You will pack light. You will show up to where you're staying and you will look in the mirror in the place you're staying and you'll say, thank you, self, for packing light. (laughs) My experience has been so much better because I packed light.
1: Well, or if anything, pack smart and know what kind of trip you're going on. For us, we were backpacking, so packing light was really critical. Um, You might be going on a more luxurious kind of trip, um, but for us, packing light was was really smart. And so however way you're doing it, pack smart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree.
1: Also, I would say one of the things at the last minute we really kind of started looking in into was um dressing the, the way you dress in mm-hmm. Europe, which we originally were gonna go super sporty. And I didn't feel that it was super sporty, but after we did some research we realized, oh whoa, we are way more casual than we should be. And we saw some tips on YouTube that was like, you need to dress more formal, more polished. Europeans are just not as casual as Americans. Mm. Americans are used to being tourists in tennis shoes at Walt Disney World. That is not how Europeans dress.
0: Yeah, I I agree. If you you want to feel like you don't belong and feel like a super tourist, then (laughs) dress really casual. If you want to feel more comfortable and feel good about how you look, Just dress a little more formal, you'll be glad that you did. Also, try the local things. Do the local food, the local drink, uh, the local practices, the local customs, like whatever the local thing is, do that thing. You traveled a long ways to experience something different than what you experience every day. So, do those things.
1: Yes. I won't repeat you, but man, that's worth repeating. That is, I feel so strongly about that one. Also, try to leave room in your suitcase and in your budget because you're going to want to buy things. You're going to want to take things home. For me, I love to buy souvenirs that are just things that I like. So it might be a dress. It might be um, uh, sunglasses. I don't know. It's just going to be something that I saw that I really like that I'm actually going to use. And so I like to leave room in my suitcase for that. And it does cost something, so I try to leave mo- money in the budget for that as well. <laughs>
0: great. Great advice. Great advice. Also, get outside the cities. Uh, there's a lot of really cool things to see in the really big cities, but there's a lot that is really cool in Europe outside the cities. Um, I think of the Cotswolds or even Chesky Krumlov in uh, the Czech Republic. These little places that you may not have heard of before, but if you do a little bit of research like we talked about earlier, find some cool little places to go out in the country. I think that's one of our biggest regrets from the trip is not getting outside of the cities in Ireland. Like we went to Dublin Belfast and we wish that we had gone to smaller places. We wanna go back and and do that because we feel like we missed out on it. So get outside the cities and explore some smaller communities, some smaller villages, See what's out there. Great people. Really cool stuff. You'll be glad you did.
1: Yeah. You might have to take the bus, but it'll be okay. It could be (laughs) the best bus ride of your life. Also, learn a language. (laughs) Ha ha. That is one of our favorites. Learn a language. And we recommend using Duolingo. It's a cell phone app you can use. Really easy to use really um, intuitive and even kids can do it they can just pick up your phone and start using this little app to learn they use all different forms of communication in order to teach you so they use games and um, all kinds of things so highly recommend Duolingo I know you used it for French I used it for Spanish a little bit of German and Italian but mostly Spanish. Um, And now that we're back in America, Spanish is super helpful. So we're back on it for Spanish.
0: Yeah. Duolingo, not a sponsor, but uh, very useful. They could be a sponsor if they wanted to be. That's right. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, get on your Duolingo. Even, even if you can't speak the language, like some familiarity with the language will help you a lot as you read signage and as you converse with people. So do that. And then, the things that we would not do so don't bring a roller suitcase everyone when i tell them this they roll their eyes at me just like they roll the little wheels on their suitcase around and they think i'm being ridiculous and they think oh that doesn't apply to me i really have to have my roller suitcase you do not need your roller suitcase there are cobblestones and stairs Everywhere throughout all of Europe, anywhere cool that you're going to go, there's going to be little narrow corridors and cobblestones and brick streets and all that kind of stuff. And you will hate your roller suitcase. The sound of a roller suitcase across cobblestones might as well be the national anthem of Americans. There is no better way to tell like, oh, there's some Americans behind us than somebody thudding along with a roller suitcase. And they're just, it's such an annoying thing. I can't imagine if we had had roller suitcases, how miserable it would be getting on and off trains in and out of Airbnbs. Just figure out a bag that you can put on your back and you will be so much happier than rolling your roller suitcase. Yeah.
1: I would say unless you're Beyonce, if you're traveling like Beyonce in some really high class style, then you can bring all the bags you want because you're not carrying them. But for the average person, it's really going to matter. We just we just saw so many people painfully making their way through some really old streets and stairs so yeah. many stairs that we saw people hauling their luggage up and it just it was it was painful to watch and um, so that's I just remember,
0: a tip I remember walking to our Airbnb in Zermatt and passing a guy pulling a roller suitcase and I could see in that guy's face that he was rethinking all of his life decisions because that had led him to that point where he was pulling a roller suitcase up that hill and thinking like man just glad I don't have a roller suitcase also don't expect to have your mom's cooking so here's what I mean by that the food and the drinks are going to be different where you are and even if you order the same thing that you're used to ordering at home it's going to be different there a cheeseburger is going to be different there spaghetti is going to be different there the stuff that you know and like at home will taste different over there even going to
1: McDonald's, they don't have the same things on the menu.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So all of the stuff that you're familiar with is going to be different anyway. So you might as well get the local thing, eat the local food, drink the local drinks, because that's what they do well. That's why everybody over there eats it and drinks it is because that's what they do well. So embrace that experience. Don't expect to have the food that you have at home. Your mama doesn't live over there to cook for you. So just embrace the new and different. Try it. You may not always like it, but sometimes you're going to surprise yourself and find something really good. And you're going to have a really good experience either way.
1: And don't waste your time. Don't waste your time by not being ready. Do your research. Save up the money that you need because it's going to be worth it to do the things you really love. And if it takes you three more months to save up the money to do that one excursion that you're just dying to do, you should do it. Um, I know some of the things that really stood out in our mind Um, and this will we'll talk a lot about a lot of these things in future episodes of the season um, where we talk about our favorite activities and um, we spent some a lot of money doing things like paragliding um, through Lauterbrunnen Valley in Switzerland and um, Capri Island going on an excursion and going through the Blue Grotto and being on the ocean on the, the Amalfi Coast. Like, it costs some money, but those things really, really, you kind of get what you pay for sometimes, and that's a great example of that.
0: And I would say don't waste a minute. Like, there will be... There are times to rest and there are times to relax, but man when you're in Europe it's not one of them. Yeah. Like you're there were so many times that we were really tired and I was like I don't want to get up and run today. I'm really tired. And we would get up and go for a run and it would be amazing. There's so many times that we would be coming in to a city late and I'd be like I just want to go to the Airbnb and crash. I don't want to I don't want to walk around. I don't want to see stuff. And we would push ourselves to go do it and it would be such a cool experience. Take that extra step, do that extra thing. Um, I remember when we were in Barcelona, we were walking back like we'd kind of seen a lot and we were really just walking back to our Airbnb and we were like, well, let's stop in this bar and have a drink. And it was a flamenco bar and they were having a birthday party in there and people were dancing and, we were the only people in there that spoke English, and it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. And it's because we pushed through that I'm tired feeling and said, we're not going to waste a minute. We're not going to waste our time here. We're, we're going to do what we came here to do.
1: Amen. <laughs> yeah totally agree totally agree okay guys that is a wrap for this episode that's really about how to get around europe but we have so much more for you coming up in this season so this is our best of europe season we are talking about next um, episode is going to be all about where to stay what's the difference between what differences did we see in staying in a hotel versus an Airbnb, versus a hostel. Uh, We tried all three things out. The one thing we did not do is is, uh, couch surfing in somebody's house which maybe we'll get brave enough for that next time. I don't know, (laughs) but I'd love to stay with a local eventually. That would be so cool. Um, So where to stay Um, the episode after that, we're going to talk about the things to do. um, And that's going to be a lot of the activities and excursions that we did um, hiking the Cinque Terre. Um, Then you've got things like the Amalfi coast, um, going to the Island of Capri um, wine tour in Florence, so many good things i'm excited about already um then we'll have an episode on drinking and dining and all of the foodie things that we love and lastly we'll wrap things up with how travel can change your life and i think i'm most excited about that episode because you and i have had some really deep conversations about how travel has impacted us and I'm looking forward to sharing that. And I really hope that we get some feedback from other people too, um, because I'm curious how travel has changed other people's lives. But we'll dig into that in that episode.
0: Absolutely. and uh, this episode of our tips and tricks, we hope that you have found them to be useful. Um, we will be posting some pictures and videos from the things that we shared here on all of our social media channels. We'll also be creating a uh, kind of a condensed version of our tips and tricks for our YouTube channel. So you can go check that out there. It'd be something that hopefully you can utilize and share with people. So uh, go out and check that stuff out as well.
1: That's right. You guys can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. We are out there putting stuff out there. We would love to engage you in that space, but we also have another way that we can engage you.
0: That's right. If you have excellent tips and tricks that you would like to share with everyone, you can do that by sending us an email to podcast at gmail.com. You can type those out and we'll read them here on the podcast, or you can record a voice memo, attach that. To the email let us know your best tips and tricks we want to share them with everybody and again you can email those to us at travel at gmail.com
1: that's right okay guys go out there and plan a vacation because life is short
0: Wander well